the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody, for the second hour of the car show right here on KKNT every Saturday from 10 o'clock till noon. And we've got a couple of callers, but i got a little business to take care of. Air Park Auto is up in North Scottsdale. And actually, if you go north of like, uh, gosh, I don't know, McCormick Parkway all the way to Carefree, and from the west at 56th Street all the way to Fountain Hills, I only have one shop up there on my best car repair shops list. Folks, I'm sure there's good other shops up there, but we have a pretty strict requirement list, and some of them haven't been in business for five years, and some of them perhaps have some bad reviews or a a lot of bad reviews, or perhaps maybe the owner's an absentee owner. Those are the things that we just um, would prefer not to deal with. But I don't have to deal with any of that with Nadine, who owns Air Park Auto Service, the only lady-owned and operated auto repair shop in the valley that I know of. And Nadine's a smart lady. She's been around for a very long time. Her and Stacy, her husband, opened up their parks in the air park in 1985. They're on Raintree just east of Hayden, and they're still family-owned and operated. Stacy passed away a few years ago, and Nadine kind of explored a little bit about selling the business, but then she decided, no, I'm going to stay and run it. So she's a very strong woman. She knows cars, and she surrounds herself with people that she can trust. So if you live in North Scottsdale, and, I, and I'm sorry to tell you, even from the Fountain Hills area, if you like those shops that I, I endorse, then you're going to have to go over to uh, the 101 and Frank Lloyd Wright, just south and west, to visit Nadine at Air Park Auto. Hilton, good morning to you. How can I help you, Hilton? Hey, Mark. Love your show. Hey, a uh, question is a transmission we were driving to Idaho this year, and um doing about 80 uh, plus, and all of a sudden I uh, notice my RPM revs up, and I look back, there's smoke coming out the back, so I pull over right away, and uh, transmission fluid all over the front of the car and out the bottom and out the back. So uh, they towed it to a transmission shop. They went through the car, cleaned it up, and said, hey, uh, we cleaned it up, filled, put in two quarts of transmission fluid, and we found no leaks. It looks like it came out the uh, vent. Valve or something like that. A vent on and, top uh, of the transmission case. Yeah, and so it vented out of that, they believe. And so they filled me up, and we made it back to the valley. Um, what do you think happened, or is that a problem I need to be concerned with, or just an anomaly? Well, I need to ask you a few questions. Um, were you sure. in the mountains? Were you hauling a trailer? Were you flogging it, was, it pretty hard? Uh, yeah, pretty hard and uh, full of... Um, Five people and grandma and the dog and all the luggage. It's a 2000 minivan, Honda Odyssey. Okay. So it was working, Uh, but I've done that in the past. Uh, Okay. 
I understand, but um, it, maybe the circumstances, the environment, and the load, and then perhaps you were doing up or down a grade. Um, I don't know the circumstances, but what happens is, is when you overheat a transmission, one of the first things it'll do is expel fluid out of the vent if it doesn't blow the cooler clean out of the radiator, or if it doesn't pop one of the cooler lines that goes from the transmission to the transmission cooler in front of the vehicle and then back. The mere fact that you got home and had no other problems is good news. It, okay. it suggests at the time when you were admitting to doing, what did you say, 80? Yeah, yeah, it's 80 plus. So let me get, the, okay, let me get this straight. You got your wife and grandma in the car and no one's screaming at you when you're doing 80 plus? Are you trying to feed me that line of bull? <laughs> did you well, did you have like masking tape over the speedometer, or did you have the music loud, or did you have blindfolds on all those ladies? I know it, it was seventy five the speed limit up there. So, oh um, yeah. So now he changes his story. You heard him, folks. He said eighty plus. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you, of course. I'm teasing you. Every guy in the world's laughing with me right now, and the women aren't. Uh, so, but really and truly, the only thing I would do if I were you is now that you've circulated that fluid, I'd take it by a trusted transmission shop and have them smell the fluid or you smell the fluid. And if it's burnt, then we need to, we need to flush the fluid out of it. So okay. it's, it's very likely you had your foot deep into the floor. It's very likely you were loaded up. It's very likely you were maybe going up a grade, maybe two or three or four or a 7% grade. I don't know. And you just overheated it. The good news is, is you got home and I don't think anything more than perhaps a flush is what you would do um, and what I would tell you to do. So I, I think okay. that we're on the same track, okay? And the car has about 100,000 miles on this transmission. Um, okay. Is it, that, so it's pretty well, new, I guess. Yeah. No, you're right. But, but perhaps maybe you should have pulled it out of overdrive. Perhaps yeah. you, were, you were kind of running it kind of hard in sixth gear. All right. So maybe you should have downshifted once or twice and just brought the RPMs up and taken a little bit of load off that transmission because it's going to work harder in sixth gear than it is in fourth gear. You gotcha. might have to back off the speed a little bit, but the, you know those are the kinds of things. Um, I know that on my my big trucks when I'm hauling, if I'm going up a grade, my transmission temperature comes up, and so does my exhaust gas temperature, and so does my cooling system. But if I downshift from sixth to fourth or sixth to fifth, I can cool everything down visually. I mean, I can see a difference. So then okay. I have to decide whether I want to slow down or not. But anyway, thank you, Hilton. Thank you very much. Good luck to you, David. You're up next. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, I have a two one Mazda Tribute, and the shifter cable from the column to the transmission, the bushings broke on each side, and I am not technical or mechanical enough to replace the whole cable, and I can only find online uh, a cable with the bushings on it, and I'm just looking for the bushings on each side that I can uh, replace. And I can't find to get the bushing. Um, how much is the cable? Uh, one hundred seventy-nine. Okay. All right. I are the bushings rubber in nature or white nylon in nature? What are they? I have no idea um, because when the shifter column just started, uh, you know, it just went up and down, and uh, I couldn't get it into park. Um, now I kind of have it jimmy rigged uh, to where 
uh, on the shifter column, it's I have zip tight, uh, you know, attaching it, uh, but I'm just right. looking for the bushings itself, and I can't find anywhere that I can actually just find the bushings okay. to put on there, be it I, rubber or nylon. Okay. Well, well here's what I was going to say. Um, once you get the cable in your hand and you know what where the bushings belong and you know what they're are they round are they square are they long are they short what's the internal diameter what's the outer the outside diameter once you get all that you can probably take it to a gray-haired guy at an auto parts store not the three-whiskered kid but the gray-haired guy and he can probably match up your bushings but you're not even close to being there so i don't if unless you're willing to take that cable out unless you're willing to and you keep calling them bushings but really you don't know that they're bushings all you know is the cable's moving on one end or the other. So instead of the housing being held in one place and the cable moving in and out of the housing, for whatever reason, the housing's moving, so you're assuming it's a bushing, so you've you've wrapped the cable housing to the steering column or to some other non-moving part, and that's made it better. So I don't agree that looking for bushings, I agree that looking for bushings is a waste of your time. I think you should either get the part number and Google the heck out of it and see if you can find it cheaper or maybe find one at a wrecking yard. But I think the only other option is, is you take that cable out of there and once you can determine what the problem is, um, then you can probably go have somebody make something or sell you something they'll fix it. It's entirely possible both ends of the cable housing, the outside part, have to be secured so that the cable within can move left and right, up and down, and not carry the housing with it. So if That's the housing correct. is moving... Okay, if the housing is moving, then you've lost a clamp somewhere. So the question is, is where? So I don't know about this bushing thing, because that's why I ask you the colors and stuff is, because is, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. But I think if you've made it better by securing the housing, I think one end or, or both of that housing has come loose from its respective brackets, and this this uh, jerry rig that you did um, is working for you, then I would take it into a shop and say, can you secure one or both of these ends a little better with a hose clamp or something? And they're probably going to be able to do that for you. But I, I, without seeing it, and you're asking me a question I've never been asked for before, but I can visualize in every other car in the world, the housing, the outer housing doesn't move and the cable slides within. So we pull and push on one end, we activate on the other. All right. Good luck to you, David. Good luck. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. One of the guys on my shops that I refer to on a regular basis is Kurt's Auto Repair. He's up at I-17 in Bell, the kind of the northeast portion of that intersection. He's been around a long time, since 1987. He was the last one of the last year's Better Business Bureau Ethics Award winners, and that really does kind of say a lot. Now, Kurt's a good guy. His wife is a perfect lady. And if you're a first-time customer, sometime after your visit, she's going to knock on your door with homemade bakery goods and saying thank you to you. And that's something that we used to do in the 50s and 60s and the 70s, but nobody does that anymore. But everybody gets something from Kurt and his wife after your first visit and as an opportunity to say, how did we do? So if you're looking for a good repair shop and you're close to I-17 and Bell, Kurtz is a good place. Now, Jeff is a service manager. He's an ASE master. Then we've got Eric, who's the shop foreman and the big dog in the shop, and he's an ASE master. So you've got two heads there that probably are not going to struggle much as the two of them work on some sophisticated problems. Kurtz Auto Repair, I-17, and uh, Bell Road. Let's see where we're at. Uh, a customer writes me the other day. 
and says to me, Mark, um, my front struts, my front struts or my front shocks on my car that has 210,000 miles, I just did them. Should I do the rears? Now, folks, let's look at 210,000 miles. 210,000 miles is eight times around the equator. <laughs> Because the equator is, um, is somewhere around 24,800 and some odd miles. And let's, if you'll allow me to round it off to 25,000 miles, then he's, 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 you know what? Gil just said, please do round it off. Gil, you know that I'm going to say 25 and I'm going to get eight emails. <laughs> They're going to say, you're wrong. It's 28,482 and a half miles. But I just let me round it off because I'm terrible in math. It's eight times around the girth of the year. So my answer is, is, buddy, if you did the fronts, then you need to do the rears, and you're a little late. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Let's forget about the 210,000 miles. Let's talk about the 50 to 100. Most people that do major shock work between 50 and 100 that do business with me, I call them and say to them, is there a difference? And they say yes. And I said, was it worth the difference? And almost unilaterally, they say no. What they're saying is, is the cost wasn't worth the improvement. So, folks, it is true that a shock absorber is a slight safety issue, but I want to tell you, in all the years I've been an expert in the automotive repair field and tires and mechanical issues, I've never seen an accident blamed on a shock absorber until just recently. And the case settled, and the shock absorber was initially raised. I did my examination of the shock absorber as well as when it was made and when it was put on the truck. And in reality, I think everybody agreed the shock absorber had nothing to do with it except one attorney thought it was a shock absorber. So um, as far as shock absorbers are concerned, you're on your own, but you, that's the benefit of my experience. 602-508-0960. Nobody's on the line. There's five of them. We'll be back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. 
To get two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-550-7400. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. That's 1-800-550-7400. That's 1-800-550-7400. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, some, I guess, you know, it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the end, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number six. Find the latest articles from Town Hall, Hot Air, or even the most recent posts from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, and more. All on the Patriot App News Feed. Download the Patriot App at your App Store today. The best notification in your inbox. 960 The Patriot's Insider. With the latest articles, news, and contests. Sign up today at 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and let me tell you about a superstar when it comes to tires. SNS Tires really handles the West Valley. They do Peoria, Surprise, Goodyear, and everything in between. So they have three locations. They've been around since 1976. The father passed away in the last year, and the two sons are running it. And to be perfectly honest with you, in every way, shape, or form, it's a great family. A great family. They have a comprehensive lines of tires and many different brands of tires. So when you go in, you can say, give me a total price I can write my check for, for good, better, best. And they can do that. And they've got those tires in inventory. So no matter what you've got on your car, from wheelbarrow tires to the largest, you know, farm tractors and everything in between, SNS has got you covered. They'll balance your tires. They do alignments. They do suspension work. So if you're in the West Valley, then perhaps you can visit an SNS tire location and get the information you need so that you can make a good, intelligent decision. Let's go to the phones. Larry, you're first. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. Uh, I have a, a question about a battery for you. So I've got a later model car that doesn't have a voltmeter. It just has a, a battery light. Uh, Monday okay. morning, started my car. Uh, went to the grocery store and started fine. When I came out of the grocery store, it turned over about three times and then just clicked. And so I got a jump start, got home, uh, put the battery in the charger, and then took it out and took it into Napa. They tested it, and it said that it had a dead cell. It was under warranty with Napa, so they replaced it for free. But my question is, with a newer car, um, what is the proper way how should we be testing the battery to ensure uh, that the battery is in good condition? Because the, the gauges okay. and lights in the car don't tell us the condition of the battery. Okay. All right. No, they don't. 
So for you to come to a conclusion on whether you need a battery or don't need a battery or whatever is useless from the inside of the car. Um, first of all, you, you violated one of Mark Salem's Ten Commandments, and that is you test everything where it lives. Number two, if this was a sealed battery, to tell you that one of the cells was bad is beyond my capability. So without popping the lid off the battery and using a hydrometer to measure the specific gravity of every cell, I am incapable, and I know no one else who's capable, of identifying a bad cell. Now, the slow cranking click, click, click means that the voltage in the battery or the voltage provided to the starter is substandard and fell below 9.6. So that tells me that. The real question is, is were the cables dirty? Um, no. Was there any resistance value there? Now, you can say no, but perfectly good cables, when I do a volt drop test, I go across the two terminals and I've got 12.8. And then I move my negative to the engine ground, and I have 11.8. And even though the cable looks pretty, then I've lost a volt. And likewise, that's called a, a volt drop test. And you're going to use both. You're going to move both the negative and the so positive side of your digital voltometer. So you didn't test it where it lived, which you should have done. If it's anywhere near three years, it was due anyway. If you want to test your own car and use a voltmeter, I'll tell you this: the alternator should put out one volt over the key in your pocket voltage. Keys in your pocket, you take the voltage reading, a fully charged battery is 13 volts. So if you pop it and it's at 12.8 and you start it up and it goes to 13.8, bingo, we're done. If it's at 13, then it better go to 14 or thereabouts. So, and at no time should the battery voltage ever drop below 9.6 and when it does, you'll lose all your presets on your radio, your presets on your seat, and your presets on your climate control. So that will tell you that it dropped below 9.6. I know that's a lot to digest, but if your battery, I, I'm going to assume your battery was three years thereabouts, and really and truly that's about the time that most of them are lasting between two and three years in Arizona with the heat and the vibration and the, uh, and the hot air with no moisture. That just uh, causes a toll on your battery. But thank you very much for that, Larry. Let me see where I'm at here because I can get Kevin. Kevin, how are you, buddy? How can I help you? Uh, good morning, Mark. Nice to talk to you. I've got a, um, I don't know, I think the uh, pedometer cable pop problem. I took our uh, 1995 E350 uh, van to wash it today. The pedometer was working. I noticed after I washed it, it wasn't working. Um, and the uh, uh, on the shifter, the uh, overdrive light was blinking also. Uh, it, the overdrive, it, it works. Button works. I, as I was driving, it was fine. Just no pedometer reading on mechanical cable. And I don't quite know what it was, what that what to do with that. Well, the the, the process is, is to go down to the transmission and disconnect the cable from the transmission. And there's a drive gear which is inside the transmission, and then there's a driven gear on the end of the cable. So the first thing you have to do is get the tail end of the van up in the air and put it in drive and spin the back wheels, and you can look inside the transmission and see that the drive gear is working. Usually we take the cable, the internal portion of the cable out, and we stick it in the drive gear, and we hold it with a gloved hand while the speedometer is going five miles an hour. We want to make sure that the teeth are intact and the, and the drive gear inside the tail shaft of the transmission is not slipping. Right. So sometimes the teeth will be chewed off because the cable gets so nasty inside. 
So that's why we do that. Now, if you've got the, dr the drive gear good, then you put the cable back in and you go up to the, and you make sure the driven gear is good and you take your fingers and you spin the cable within the housing. And it should move very, very freely. And if it doesn't, then you've got to fix that. Most of the time you pull the guts out of the cable and you find this big old grease spot that's twice as big as the cable itself. You take your pocket knife, scrape it all off, get some carb clean, do that. You just run the cable through a bunch of white molly grease, stick it back in there, boom, you're done. Then, if you still don't have a speedometer, you've got to go up to the speedometer and you've got to pull, disconnect the cable on the back and verify that the, when the rear wheels spin that the cable's moving. If the cable's moving, then the speedometer head went to speedometer head heaven. Now you got to go to a Speedo shop like Dick Speedo and Tack at 7th Street and Indian School just north and have him deal with your speedometer head. The overdrive light flashing is just simply telling you that I'm having a tough time because I want to go into overdrive, but I don't see a speed that I recognize as being a valid speed. So don't worry about the overdrive. Let's get the Speedo fixed first, okay? Okay, okay real good. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate your program. You bet. Right. Thank you very much. David and Joe, I, I don't have time, but David, I'm going to take your question, and then I'm going to answer it after the break. So go right ahead, David. What kind of question have you got? Yeah, hi, Mark. Uh, my question is just I uh, wanted to have a 2006 Ridgeline with 116,000 uh, miles on it and needs a number of things done. I wanted to get your opinion on trying to fix it up with these items I need to get done or whether to look at buying a newer vehicle. Okay. All right. Well, just off the cuff, and, we're, and I'm going to keep you, and we're going to talk more about this. Off the cuff is I can tell you this much. Everything's due at 100,000 miles, all your belts, your hoses, and your fluids. I don't know about your brakes because I don't know if you drive highway or city and all that stuff. But the cost associated with a new vehicle will buy you an engine or a transmission and sometimes both. Just the cost of the, the license plates and sales tax, which are a non-recoverable funds. So when you're trying to decide to keep the old one because of the expense of the repair versus the new one, if I say to you, the old one I'm going to fix up for $1,200 and you're going to spend $6,000 on license plates and sales tax, that seems to be easy providing the car is in pretty decent shape. So today we know that most everything's moving to a 80, 75 to 100,000 mile interval. So at 116, if you've not done any of the fluids, belts and hoses, um, and and then brakes, tires, and shocks are other things we're going to look at, then you're due. So when we come back, you probably have a list, and we'll go over them quickly one by one, and we'll see what we can come up with. Uh, Joe, you'll be next, and that means we have three lines available, 602-508-0960. You can also always get a hold of me at mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com, and leave your phone number. I may call you from a, my blocked cell, so you'll have to answer it if you send me an email. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. 
They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. There's no question you want the best education for your child. It's an integral part of a bright future. A private Christian school provides more one-on-one attention, the structured learning and Christ-based values you want for your child. But if you didn't think you could afford it, 960 The Patriot presents Half-Off Tuition. Now is your opportunity to enroll your child at a local private Christian school for half-off. We've partnered with some of the top Christian schools in the Valley to offer a limited number of half-off tuition vouchers. Imagine smaller class sizes, better grades, an inspiring Christian environment where the achievements are positively outstanding. For details and a complete list of schools involved, go to 960thepatriot.com. A values-based Christian education has never been more affordable. Click now and get your half-off tuition voucher before it's gone. Only one or two vouchers per school available. And if you don't see the school you're interested in, let us know and we can try to work with that school. That's 960thepatriot.com. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. I started my adventure in the Air Force Reserve as a payload system operator. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. General pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration team. We do a lot in a little bit of time, and we have to do it very efficiently. It's a very exciting career. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. The most exciting thing in the Air Force Reserve is to be able to travel. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. That was definitely a bonus. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. Patriot app tip number seven. Not only is the app the best place to listen to your favorite Patriot shows and podcasts, but look out for special contests, giveaways, and even scratch games right at your fingertips. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. A station exposing the lack of transparency in the media today to hold the truth accountable. 960 The Patriot, where truth matters. Welcome back. Excuse me. Excuse me. Welcome back, everybody. It's 34 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. We're going to go back to David real quick. And, David, have you been provided a list of stuff that you need by a shop? Yeah, and they've been corroborated by the Honda place and the independent guy. I just want to say one thing, too, when I talk about a newer vehicle. I only buy stuff from, like, a private owner to avoid sales tax. And then... I'm only talking 2014, 2015 at the newest, so I'm not looking at something off the lot or anything. And and I did notice that I take 116 and I divide it by 12 years, and you're driving a whopping 10,000 miles a year. 
So right. I'm I'm look right. I'm looking at the big picture here, and I I still haven't changed my mind because it's it's the the ridge line is a good vehicle. Um, the ridge right. line is going to let you down when you overheat it, uh, a severe overheat. Um, I don't know what you've got, but you've got the dealer and you've got the independent shop giving you a list of stuff. But then on top of that, you got your service manual, and you may. I'd be willing. I'd be willing to bet you ten bucks that you're going to find some of both of their lists not apparent or not in or not listed in your owner's manual. Those are things that you need to do. As far as shocks and struts are concerned, if you're not having any tire wear and you're happy with the ride, I'd skip that. Like I said before, fluids, belts, and hoses are the three big dogs that you're going to have. So if you want to upgrade, I'd be the last guy to tell you not to upgrade because you're spending your money, not mine. But I, I don't know that you're going to get a better deal than the deal you got right now at 10 years, at, 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 10, at 10 years or 12 years, or not 12, it's 6 and 7, 11 years old car with 116,000 miles. If you were to spend, let's say, worst case scenario, they want to do struts and shocks, you spend two grand bringing this up, that two grand is going to carry you for another 10 years. So until well, you hit the next 100,000 miles. Yeah, let me just go over the list quickly because I, I definitely agree with you on the stress and stuff. But you know, at uh, and then you you know the cost on these. So you just just add them up just yourself. give me the but, just give me the just give me the number or g- give me the name and I'm going to say yes or no. Yeah. So at 120, I'm going to need the timing belt. Yes. Uh, had it done at 60. Now it's going to be 120. And then at 120 plus a little bit of whatever, the valves are going to be need to be adjusted. No. Um, let's see. Then the rear main seal is wet. and uh, uh, No. No, no. What? Wet no. Wet is a wussy word. Wet is a seep, and it's weeping, and it's wet. Right. That's, that's just, those, can you tell my panties are wadded up right now? I hate those words. I tell my staff, I will twist your lips in a knot if I hear you use weeping, seeping, and wet. Those words now it may very well appear on your on your service manual or a service ticket that says we see some wetness of the rear main seal. Keep an eye on your driveway. If you see something that's bigger than a dollar bill, get back with us. That's a valid okay. thing, but okay. but I'm not going to go along with with the uh, weeping and seeping rear main seal. I'm not going to go along with the valve adjustment for this reason: loose ones clatter and tight ones cause a backfire. So if you don't have either one of those symptoms, what are we fixing? So go well, on with your list real quick. Yeah, one more thing, too, is these aren't things that they, they have to be done right now, but I'm talking in the next year or so. If I keep the car, there are things that would likely need to be done. So it's not stuff they're telling me I have to do at this moment. Um, All right, well, the car's been around the world four times, and you, and you haven't needed a valve adjustment yet. So now we've got a guy that's telling you that he's going to be able to tell you in another year whether you need a valve adjustment. That just doesn't fly in the face of common sense. You're the best judge of that. If the thing run, runs rough and the valves are too tight, that's one thing. If it's clattering first thing in the morning and it stays there throughout the day, that's another. The problem is is that if you want to do it my way, you do it by symptom-driven stuff. If you want to do it because you want the car to love you, then spend all the money you want. But you had a couple things on your list. Let me comment about those real quick. Yeah, the, the last major thing was, uh, I guess, uh, if it needs new motor mounts, some of them are only cracked, but I guess the main ones that take the torque when you start up are looking kind of bad. 
Okay, so we have a cracked motor mount. That's another thing that just drives me crazy. Now, we have a load motor mount. That's every time you agree with the gas, the motor leans to that load mount. When the load motor mount collapses, then you have a vibration in drive that goes away when you put it in neutral. You don't have that. So it's right. a great idea for me to sell you four motor mounts and tell you that, oh, boy, they're cracked. Because, see, most people that are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, they're scared by wetness and cracked. But if I were the king of the auto repair industry, I would strike those words from their vocabulary because that's a fail-safe way, way to keep the attorney generals off your back by trying to sell something. Well, I used an adjective, wetness or cracked or weeping or seeping. That's what they're saying. They're not going to sit down and say, you need a rear main seal. The other day, a lady says, uh, the guy called me and said I needed a rear main seal, and I said, Okay, well, what's the, you know, how do I know that? And he goes, well, you, it has to have been leaking on your driveway. And she says, oh, I, will, I look at my driveway every day of my life. There's not a single drop in my driveway. And she says, you'd have thought that he was 10 years old and he just got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And so the fact of the matter is, is if you had a rear main seal and you keep an eye on your driveway, you'd know it long before they knew it. However, I've had my piece. Good luck to you. And, Joe, I'm sorry I didn't get to you, but you'll be my first caller on the other end of the break. And, Bob, you're right behind him. We'll be back right after this. Early ticket access, exclusive content, and prize giveaways. Those are just a few of the perks of being a Patriot Insider. It doesn't stop there, though. Take advantage of our half-off deals. Few people have a perfect smile, but get yours with the experts at our preferred partner, the Biltmore Dental Center. Whether it's veneers or other dental procedures, as a Patriot Insider, you'll get the perfect smile for half the price. Become an insider and get more info on our deals at 960thepatriot.com or call 602-955-9600. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-550-7400. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. That's 1-800-550-7400. That's 1-800-550-7400. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your fly. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. 
A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot. I hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Hugh Hewitt in the morning to Larry Elder at night with the best live show in the Valley at 3 p.m. with Seth and Chris. The only conservative station in the Valley. 960 The Patriot. Hashtag I'm with the Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and we've got two callers in the line. I need to tell you real quick about Action Auto Repair at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since the late 80s, and he's a good guy. He actually is, is has ASE Master Certified Technicians. He does repair, maintenance. He does light trucks. He does cars. He does all kinds of vehicles, and he's really good about telling you what you're up against and giving you related pricing and giving you the window of when you can do it and when you don't need to do it or when you have to do it. So when it gets down to it, if you're near I-17 and Deer Valley Road, then Action Auto Repair is a good place. So if you don't have one, maybe stop by, get an oil change, and then from there decide if they might be a shop for you. Real quick before I take Joe, David, thank you for the callback. David, I wasn't mad at you, and I and I think you recognize that. I'm mad at our industry. And, and here's why, David. David, the technician tells the service rider, well, and actually it can even get worse than that. The technician tells the shop foreman, the shop foreman tells the service rider, or the, uh, or the dispatcher tells the service rider, and the service rider regurgitates this to the customer. The technician is supposed to be specific. He's supposed to not use work like, words like wet without an explanation. He's not supposed to use the word like cracked motor mounts without an explanation. And even if he did get an explanation, chances of it getting the service rider are slim and none. However, here's the real issue. Is the service rider protecting you from the technician or is the service rider benefiting the technician by draining, flushing your wallet? That's the real issue. Who does the service rider work for? There's plenty of shops in town where the service rider is specifically told to represent the customer, do what's in the customer's best interest. I just don't understand why we can't use an explanation when we use the word cracked and wet and seeping and weeping. Just tell them, hey, David, if you got an oil leak that's bigger than a silver dollar or a half a dollar bill, then come back and see us. Uh, I think it's going to be the rear main seal, and I'll give you an estimate then. Why can't we do that? Why can't we say your motor mounts are old? But here's what you need to look for. A vibration and drive at a stop that goes away when you put it in neutral or reverse. And anytime you want, come on by and I'll check it for you for free. Because it just takes me five seconds in the parking lot and I can tell you if the motor mounts are bad. So that's the kind of conversation we should have. Um, 
we don't and we leave it open for interpretation and of course there's always the scare factor in there that's what i object to not to you but to them joe good morning to you how can i help you uh good morning mr salem uh, i've got a question regarding rv uh, trailer tires i've okay. got a, uh, a two, 98 uh, travel trailer it came with uh, 205 75 15 load range c's there's been a lot of if you read any of the blogs the rv blogs Trailer tires are notorious for blowing up and uh, having giving a lot of problems and so forth. So I upgraded to 225 75 15, so two sizes more, and I went to load range E now. I went to D. The originals were C's. Uh, I went to D's now. I'm up to E's and so forth. Uh, I was at the RV show in uh, Quartzsite, Arizona years ago, and I uh, expressed concern to the Goodyear booth that, uh, you know, about the tires and the longevity of them, you know, how long they last and everything. And the guy told me if, if you'd never want to have any problems with your RV tires, change them out every three years and you won't have a problem. And I've done that, and I've never had a problem. So that system does work. However... No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, no, it the, doesn't. The t- my tires all look real good when I uh, get rid of them and so forth. You know, I mean, every tire far. that blows up looks good. You know what? Mm-hmm. Every tire that blows up looks good the day before. Yeah. Uh, that's real self-serving of him. He's playing the odds. Oh, replace your tires every three years and you'll never have a problem. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to ask you something. Yes, sir. Did you take out an ST tire and put on a P passenger or an no. LT light truck? No, always one with STs. Oh, STs, huh? Yep. Did you know that they have a 65-mile-an-hour speed limit on them and yes, they sir, blow I at do. 68? Okay. Yes, I and, do. And, and, do you, and what inflation do you run them at? I run them just a hair under maximum. Okay. All right. That has more to do with it than anything else in the world. I disagree with the Goodyear guy, and I find fault with what he told you. The fact that you're running them at maximum inflation or a tad under, the fact that you've got a P-metric or an LT tire and a load range higher than you're carrying, and the fact that you probably have 12,000 pounds of tire underneath a trailer that weighs 8,000 pounds, that's bingo, bingo, bingo. That's why you aren't having any tires. All the rest of those people on the RV, they wouldn't know an ST or a P passenger or an LT tire if it jumped up and bit them in the earlobe. All of them are running 75, 80 miles an hour pulling their trailers. And if you need evidence of that, drive between Fountain Hills and and, and uh, Swore Lake. Yeah. The road is littered with oh, yeah. trailer tires. I've seen the carcasses. So what you're doing is perfect, and that's the reason you're the exception. I'm an exception along with you because I go to LT tires, light truck tires, and I, I've got, you know, some of my trailers, I got 30,000 pounds of tires underneath the trailer that's going to weigh 20,000 pounds. Yeah. And so I'm always good. So the three years is not a valid number. Your RV tires will last somewhere between five and seven, depending on the, the load range, depending mm-hmm. on how fast and depending on how well they've been kept up and what the tire wear is. But to, to, to replace them in every, 3,000 miles is self-serving, and I would hope none of my staff would ever say something like that. So good luck to you, Joe, but you bring up a good point, and thank you for bringing up that discussion. And I'm especially proud of you because all three questions, you had the right answer. You knew 65, you knew you had an ST, and you upgraded it from a C to D to an E. And that's just a home run. You did your job, and you did it magnificently. Bob, you're up next. How can I help you? Uh, yes, I have a 2005 Acura TL. It's got 70,000 miles on it. Um, it's been serviced at the dealership since day one. Um, 
and uh, it's never, they tell me that it's, so it's 15 years old, uh, or 12 years old, so they tell me that it needs a new timing belt. Is that true? Oh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't let you take my grandkids to a Dairy Queen three miles away. <laughs> I'm I'm teasing you now, of course. You're way past my comfort zone, way past. Now, the 70,000 miles isn't, but the fact that your car is, what, 11, 12 years old is. I, I want you to know, based on my studies, that a car that's normally used every day, um, eight years and 80,000 miles is where I think you should start thinking about getting rid of your rubber stuff. Now, on your Acura, I'm pretty sure it's going to call for a timing belt at 100 to 120,000. So Correct. on the 70 versus the 100 to 120,000, you're you're fine, but you're not fine by doubling the mileage or doubling the time. So the the timing belt goes through heat cycles. Every time you run it, it gets hot. Every time you park it, it gets cold. Heat cycles is what causes rubber to deteriorate, just like your tires. When you drive them, they get hot. When you park them, they get cold. So I think you're running on borrowed time. I would agree, and listen to me carefully, I agree with your dealer <laughs> that that the timing belt should have been done at the beginning of this summer. If you want to gamble and try to run the end of the summer till October, go ahead. But without a doubt, I would put a timing belt on that next April before next summer. That's my advice to you. And by okay. the way, what they are they going to do the water pump and the timing belt tensioner and um, and the guides while they go in there and do the timing belt, or did they say anything about that? No, they did talk about that, and then they also okay. talked about a major tune-up is required at, um, for adjusting the valves and what have you. Okay. Well, you already know how I feel about the valves. If they're not, if they're too loose, they're clattering. If they're too tight, then it's got a rough idle and sometimes a backfire. I want to tell you, I don't adjust valves on anything I own, and I tell my customers the same thing. So I'm not a real fan, and as far as spark plugs are concerned, unlike your timing belt, the spark plugs aren't going to wear out in 70,000 miles. So I would disagree that 70,000 indicates that you need a, tie or a set of plugs or a tune-up, and you are the best one to decide. Here's why. Your car passes emissions every year or every other year, yes? Yes. Okay. Your fuel economy hasn't dramatically changed that is unexplainable. Otherwise, if you put four of your big buddies in the back and you put all your golf clubs and you head to Tucson, you know you're not going to get the fuel economy you normally get. So your fuel economy hasn't changed. You pass emissions all the time. The car idles and accelerates smoothly. So I ask you, with my tongue in my cheek, what do you think you're going to get better by having a tune-up on the 70,000-mile motor? Got it. Got it. Now, is it uh, this work? Now, a regular shop could do this work as well as a dealership. You bring up a good point, and I was going to leave that alone, but you already opened that door for me. There, there is the only comfort that can be associated, and I hear this every day of my life that the dealer's done all the work. Is that the dealer's likely to be there in ten years, twenty years? same dealer or at least some of the staff is the same the independent repair shops and chain stores don't have that kind of longevity so in that respect the dealer is one up on us but i want to tell you something the difference between the dealer tech and my techs is this the dealer tech works on rabbits all day long and he wouldn't know how to fix an elephant a giraffe a snake or a dog but the independent repair guys knows from Acura's to Mercury's Zephyr's and everything in between, and they have, in my opinion, 
a far better understanding of in internal combustion engines and what makes them tick, and they can apply it to any engine, which is our responsibility. So in that respect, and so we're more of a veterinarian, where a veterinarian handles all kinds of animals, and that's what the independent shop is. I also want to tell you that 50% of the dealer techs that I hire don't last very long for one of two reasons. One reason is is they can't, you give them a Ford Taurus and tell them to pull the heads on it, and they just want to wet their pants. And, you, and all they want is Chryslers, and all they want is air conditioning on Chryslers. Mm -hmm. Now, the other part, they leave because they can't handle the volume, and the other half of it is they leave because we clearly can see that, and in spite of the fact that they don't see it, we do. And so in a kind way, um, the conversation sounds like this. How long do you think it will take you to find another job? And they may say, I can have another job in a week. And I say, okay, I'm going to give you a week's worth of severance pay. I'm going to tell you today, let's go look for another job because I don't think you're going to be happy here, and I don't think you're going to make the money here that you want to make. And part of the reason is is I can't give you all the Chrysler AC jobs I've got because they, they aren't, they aren't, I'm not getting eight of them a day. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what happens. But uh, there, you know, for recalls and all the other kind of stuff, you have to go to the dealer, and that's okay. But you open that door, and I'm going to step through it. No, I appreciate so anyway, that. All right. Thank you very much, Bob. Thank you. Thompson's Auto Re Okay, hang on, Brian. Uh, Thompson's Auto Repair is in Mesa, and he's been since 1970. Brian and Thelma own Thompson's Auto Repair, and I think they're the second or third generation of Thompson's that's been in the car repair business. They are the only repair shop in Mesa that Mark Salem says that you should visit. They're on Main Street just east of Stapley. They've been around a very long time. You only have to meet Brian and Thelma to know that they're exactly the kind of people you'd want as your neighbors, and you have to know, and you're going to look at them, and you're going to see it, and you're going to hear it, that they're as honest as the day is long. So if you live in Mesa and you're looking for a shop, may I suggest Thompson's Auto Repair. They're on a main street just east of Stapley on the south side of the road. Is it Brian? Yes. Is it Brian? Hi, Brian. Yes. Go right ahead, sir. Hey there. Okay, 2006 Volvo XC90. Um, now, this is an issue I've already uh, resolved and moved on, but I could sure use some, some feedback or maybe some peace of mind so I can learn from this. Um, when, uh, when we purchased the car, almost immediately I could feel under the pedal, and you reminded me this in your talk about the engine mounts, a vibration when accelerating. Um, okay. it, it did get worse progressively, and I had a mobile mechanic friend uh, come and look at the, at the car, and there was okay. a engine mount issue. Um, okay, Brian, what, we only have about a minute and 45, so give me, give me what you can as fast as you can. Okay, we replaced four out of five engine mounts. Um, okay. it, uh, it, it, it seemed like it solved the issue. And within only a couple months, I felt vibration again. The top engine mount was over, uh, that we replaced was already shot, and it turned out there was another engine mount down there, the only one we didn't replace that was busted. Um, is in replacing all the engine mounts and the strut, brack, uh, the strut mounts, did I go overboard in trying to diagnose what actually needed to be changed, um, or no. is there an issue with these Volvos that this is kind of common? 
Well, there's a couple of thoughts. Number one, there's a lot of shops that are going to tell you if you're going to do one, you do them all. But like you said, all of them is a whole lot of money, especially if you've got four, five, six mounts plus an upper upper strut mount. Second of all, I don't know what the mileage was, and I didn't write it down, but it's an 06, so I'm going to assume it's high mileage. And I want to tell you that, yes, we are capable, our industry is capable of diagnosing a specific mount. We are capable of doing that. As far as Volvo mounts being bad, I'm not aware of that being an issue. I am aware that I would be a little suspect to buy a non-Volvo mount because they are somewhat proprietary, but I've done that in the past. Mark at MarkSalem.com. Mark at MarkSalem.com. You want to continue the uh, discussion? Meet me there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 